Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, good morning everyone. This is Mike Hesch with Healing Journeys Today, and I just want to thank you for joining with me today. And uh, praise God. It's an awesome day. You know, the Word says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And what better way to rejoice than spending time with our Father in His Word? Wow, that just... uh, I don't know about you, but that just makes my heart sing, knowing and uh, experiencing the love of my Father through His Word. So, well, uh, I'm going to pick up Uh, and continue on the topic that we began last week on uh, finding freedom from the fear of man. We started with a scripture in uh, Proverbs. Let me read that. It says, um, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Wow. you know, we talked about how the fear of man is just not being afraid, like, oh, I, I don't like men, but it's uh, fear of rejection, it's fear of not being accepted, it's fear of failure, it's fear of what other people might think. Um, all of those things uh, put us in a trap and they bind us so that we can't walk in the freedom that we've been given in Christ. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 8, it tells us that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we have freedom within us in the Spirit of Christ. But if we follow after, uh, you know, what the enemy wants us to do in being afraid of men or or being fearful that we're not going to be accepted, or even the desire to, to have that acceptance among men is going to compromise your heart. And the reason I'm, I'm going over this is because, as I mentioned in the, in the previous lesson, that uh, you know the enemy used the fear of man, fear of rejection, the performance, trying to get, be accepted. He used that as an avenue to bring sickness and disease into my life to where it almost killed me. And uh, I just want to encourage you that uh, knowing these truths and recognizing uh, the freedom that we have in Christ and living in that over the need or the desire or the deception or the trap that we need to be accepted by others to be okay. Folks, that is a lie from the the devil. You know, let me start off with this scriptural, and I wanted to... uh, I use also this as an ex- and as an example, but uh, I mean, I want to give an example of both sides. I want to show what it looks like to have the fear of man in a practical sense, and then what it looks like to be in the same exact situation, but not have the fear of man, and show the peace and the authority and the power that you have when you're not walking in the fear of man, but the trap that you're in and how it hinders you from receiving what God has provided for you in Christ. I want to read this scripture and remind you of one I left you with last week. The scripture that I left you with last week is in Psalms 119-165, and it says, Great peace have they which love the word, and nothing will offend them. Do you know what causes us to get into the snare 
when it says the fear of man bringeth a snare, is our heart is offended that we're not accepted. So we strive to protect ourselves from being offended by trying to please everyone. Is it, has this affected anyone out there? Yeah, yeah, I see those hands. Indeed, it has infected, it has, yeah, that's a good word too. It has infected many of us. You know, uh, I'm telling you, there's not a disease in this world that is as crippling and as paralyzing as fear. You know, you can just look around in our culture today, um, you know, because of the, uh, you know, what's happening in our current culture, there's a fear that everyone's afraid of this and afraid of that, and you watch the media and it just stirs up more fear. Uh, But fear will bind you. Fear will keep you from being and experiencing the freedom that you've been given as a child of God. You know, in uh, Romans chapter 8, let me, let's just turn there and read that for a second. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Uh, Awesome verse. We'll come back and visit this a little later. But I just want to read something that is so important and why I'm actually teaching on this. You know, that we're healing journeys today. And what can hinder you from receiving healing is this fear. And so that's why I want to focus on it. In uh, Romans 8, 15, it says... For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Do you know, um, I'm thinking about, you know, when I was a kid and, and uh, you know, we'd get in a, I had, you know, I had a bunch of brothers and sisters, but, you know, I'd get in a little scrap with my, one of my brothers and, and, you know, they'd be getting the better of me, so I'd take off running, and I would run to Dad and, uh, like, you know, sit on his lap or hide behind him, and, uh, and they couldn't do anything to me because they knew they didn't want to be whacking me in front of Dad. And, uh, see, when we, when we have this confidence and know who we are as children of our Father, then we won't have this bondage to fear because we'll know that we're safe. That's why that verse says, whoso, uh, you know, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in our Father, they will be safe. In fact, that word, actually the word safe there means to be lifted up high as, as inaccessible. And that's what I was doing when I would run to my Father you know, to be protected from my brother, um, you know, uh, I was being lifted up to a place of safety. And, you know, we can live there every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We never have to leave that place. And we're going to talk about how you can stay there because, you know, trusting in the Lord is being in that safe place. But as I said, let's go and look at a contrast that were given in the word of someone who has, um, who has a fear of man or fear of being rejected or not accepted, a people pleaser, um, afraid of the consequences of walking in truth uh, before other people. And let's go to Galatians chapter 1. You might be surprised, but this is actually Peter. 
uh, that we're going to read about and uh, what happened to him. Um, this is much later. This is many, many, many years after the resurrection. Uh, and so uh, Peter has been, you know, following the Lord for all of these years. It's, you know, uh, 15 plus years uh, that this is after the resurrection. So here we see Peter, and uh, Paul is also at Galatia and when Peter is there. And um, we're going to read an account of this. Uh, so I'm in chapter 2 of Galatians, and I'm beginning in verse 11. It says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all. And you can read on if you like. But notice what happened. Peter was having a great time enjoying his freedom that he has in Christ. He was just like having a great time. And he was fellowshipping with those, uh, the Gentiles at, uh, in Antioch, which was in the region of Galatia. And, uh, you know, he's having a good time. But then he sees come in the door these people from James. Now notice, it doesn't say, it says that certain came from James. It doesn't say they came from Jesus. So notice when you're not in agreement with Jesus, there's a presence that you carry uh, that's different than the Lord Jesus. And when they came in, notice what happened to Peter. Peter suddenly felt like he was doing something wrong. He didn't feel like he was accepted anymore. He felt like, wow, I'm going to get in trouble here. And what did he do? He separated himself. Out of what? Out of fear. Out of fear of what? Fear of being rejected by these men who came from James who had the same, who were in agreement about, you know, you had to follow the law. You can't just be saved and born again. You have to follow the law. You have to keep circumcision. You have to do this. You have to do that. And Peter was living here in freedom with Gentiles. And then he hears, hears these men come through the door and he instantly separates himself from them. That's what fear will do to you every time. Fear will isolate you. And do you know that fear is contagious? His fear that he had when he separated himself from them, you know, sitting down at the table and eating with the, gen, uh, the Gentiles there, and all of a sudden he sees them come in the door. He probably just stopped without even finishing his meal and got up and walked away from the table. So much more that uh, every Jew that was with him, that was there partaking at that same table, they got up too. And then, think about this, Barnabas, who had been with Paul, 
hearing the preaching of the freedom that we have in Christ, that we are not under a law at all, that uh, Jesus fulfilled the law. Now we can walk in freedom. We don't have to be circumcised. We don't have to this. We don't have to that. It even carried him away. Do you know that's what happens? You know, most people with the fear of men have got it from somewhere else. I talked about last week how contagious it is, how I got it from my mom, and how, uh, you know, I lived in it, and I spread it to other people, you know. And this is exactly what happened here, uh, that Peter was afraid of what they would think about him. He wasn't comfortable uh, in their presence in the truth that he had received. Wow! That's, that's hard for us to get a hold of. Peter, the man who, after the resurrection, uh, was walking down the street, and as his shadow fell on people, that they believed that that's all they needed to touch was the shadow of Peter, and they would be healed. Wow! And now here he is, years later, he's allowed this fear to creep back in and dominate his life. And what did it hinder him? Wow. I mean, boy, did it hinder him. Wow. So much so, praise God that Paul was there. Because Paul called him out before all those other people for his benefit. Not to, you know, ridicule him. Because if you read on, you'll see that he encouraged Peter to believe the truth. And not to let this idea of performance and and working for your justification be uh, your place of safety, but rather let your place of safety be what Jesus has accomplished for you, not what you need to accomplish to be accepted by Jesus. And it was good that Paul was there because he rebuked him. And I, uh, if you read in, uh, in the book of Peter, you'll see, wow, that he benefited from that correction. And you know, Praise God, our Father is so gracious uh, to have people in our lives that will point these things out to us, not to condemn us, but to call us up to that high place where there's safety. See, Paul was not calling out Peter to put him down, but he was calling him up to the place of safety where he wouldn't have to run and flee uh, at the presence of other men that he could be confident and say, no, Jesus delivered me and I'm going to live in that freedom and I'm going to experience the peace by not being offended by what other people may think of me. Wow, that's how many of you would like to have that freedom continually? Amen. We're going to talk about what God has provided for us in his truth that will allow us to live in that place of safety. You know, that's my desire to live there. You know, folks, I, I shared with you last week how I was raised in this, you know, fear of rejection, fear of man, and how uh, I struggled my, you know, my whole life to the point where it was a stress inside of me that gave place to the devil that almost, that through sickness, he almost killed me. And, but God led me to the revelation here that we're talking about to be free from the fear of man and then you're, uh, you know, like we saw here where, where Paul shares with, with Peter that 
you know, we're justified by the faith of the Son of God. Not, we're not justified by our own works. So if we'll rest in what Jesus has done for us, and we live by His faith, placing our faith in the faith of the Son of God, then we won't be able to be rejected or offended. People may not like us, people might reject us, but it's not going to offend our heart because we're living in a place of safety and we understand that we're being rejected, not because we're worthy to be rejected, but because they're rejecting us for the fears that they have in their heart. Okay? That's very important to remember. I brought that out last week that, you know, if you're if you're dressing to please someone, if you are, uh, you know, talking a certain way, you know, quoting a certain thing, or, you know, if you're trying to be all these things to be accepted by other people, wow, where, where's your standard in that? It's just in what you see and what you perceive. And isn't that being skewed by the enemy and the fear that he's placed in your life through uh, this need that you're not going to be okay unless you're accepted by others? Yeah, that's, that's a very dangerous place. The Bible calls it a snare. Let me read that uh, in, uh, in uh, it's a witness to what we just read. And it, it also gives us hope. I'm going to 2 Timothy 2, uh, verse 25 and 26 um, is what I'm going to read from. Listen to this. It says um, that uh, the way to be delivered out of the oppression of the enemy, that's uh, this snare. It says in 25, Paul is speaking to Timothy. He's sharing with him uh, the, um, how to be a minister of the truths that he has received to others. And Paul is saying to him, he says, in meekness, instruct those that oppose themselves. Do you know that if you have fear of rejection, you're actually opposing yourself? In other words, you're setting that limit up in your own heart by believing that you need someone else's acceptance in order for you to be okay. Instead of accepting that you're already accepted in the beloved, that you are loved unconditionally, and that the only one that matters really matters ultimately is God, and He has accepted you. So you can just be free to live in Christ. But if you're allowing fear in your life, this fear of man, this desire to be accepted by others, what's going to happen to you? Well, what's going to happen to you is you're going to allow yourself to be in bondage. Amen? And you're, it's going to matter to you what people say, what people think, and what's that going to do? It's going to cause you to resist the freedom that's inside of you. You're actually going to be opposing yourself. Amen? Well, let me give you an example. You know, I, I appreciate everyone that comments during this live stream, and that's, I, I value that. I think that's awesome for your own heart. Uh, but if I was to change or modify what I'm saying to you based on those comments, because I want to get more comments. I want to get more people applauding. I want to get more people saying, yeah, this and yeah, that. Then what would that do? Well, that would change the message. And it would actually keep people from 
signing in and, and commenting because what's drawing people is the truth of God's Word. Not me or my personality. It's the truth of God's Word. And every one of you that is uh, listening today, you're not here to see Mike Hesh. You're here to, to hear the truth because that's what's drawing you. And as you receive that truth, it's the Spirit in you is bearing witness to that and it's releasing the freedom that you've been made free with in Christ Jesus. But if I was to modify the message to try and get more comments, then I would be fearing man. I would be seeking approval from men and not from God. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. It goes on to say, "...in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves." If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who has taken them captive at his will. Do you know that when we receive the fear of man, we're on a leash? And you know who's on the other end of that leash? It's the devil. And that leash is, a, is not just a, a, a pet-friendly leash. It is a choker. And he uses that and he pulls on that to cause us harm and to choke us out. It's a snare. It's a trap. We talked about this last week. I encourage you to get that and listen to it. But this snare is how we're taken captive, is when we value what others think of us over what God has, what we know God thinks of us, and consider this, and what he has given us to say. Wow. You know, I, I meditate in the truth, and I would, be, I would be ministering this truth whether or not I had people uh, watching or not. You know, because these truths are important to my own heart, and I meditate in them, and, and I go over them in my own mind and heart uh, because I'm, I'm aware that there is a, there is a devil who is just like a roaring lion, and he is seeking whom he may devour, and I don't want to be on his menu, okay? I'm not afraid, but I am aware, okay? And I am mindful of the enemy's devices so that I can continue to walk in truth and not uh, be entangled again with that yoke of bondage, as we read earlier. So, I just wanted to share with you that snare is the devil has taken us in that snare, and he's done it through thoughts that he's given to us. Now, back to Galatians chapter 2, you might say, well, gosh, how did Peter get off? Well, Peter got off because he was raised as a Jew, and he was a very rigid law keeper. You know, you can go in, uh, into Acts chapter 10 and, and, you know, he even told the Lord no when the Lord told him to do something because he said, that's, I keep the law. I don't do that. And the Lord said, hey, if I'm telling you, it's got to be okay. And then he's like, oh, okay. But he was, he was a law keeper from his youth. And just like me, I was, I had fear of a rejection from my youth. And unless I and mindful of these truths, I could be taken captive again by the enemy. I could be more concerned about what you're thinking about what this looks like, the presentation, what I'm wearing, what I'm saying, what my hair looks like. 
then what would happen? Well, it would keep me from ministering the truth because I would be ministering in a bondage of fear. And what's that going to produce? The same thing that happened with Peter here. What happened with Peter? His fear that he had spread to everyone that he was around and communicating with. They all separated themselves too. Now, that's what's going to happen. That's what happened to me. I was raised with it. And so when, as I grew up, I just continued in it. That's all I knew. But now, praise God, uh, you know, I've been set free in Christ and I don't have to obey that. And neither do you. So let's look at another example. An opposite example, same situation, someone eating uh, with, you know, invited over for dinner, having fellowship with these people. And then the minute he hears, you know, Peter sees people that, that don't agree with what he's doing, he instantly changes his behavior. And what does he do? He's ensnared with fear. And Paul recognized that as being uh, works, performance, law-keeping. You know, there's a motive behind you wanting to be accepted by others. And oftentimes it's you don't feel worthy within yourself. You don't feel you're as good as other people. Well, who set that difference? Who told you that to start with? It wasn't your father. Because we saw a moment ago that you're, he calls you his child. He chose you. He adopted you. And when you accepted his offer to be part of his family, you were received into his family. And now you're loved unconditionally. As it says in Ephesians chapter 1, you are accepted in the beloved. Because we're in Christ, we're never going to be separated from our Father. So what the enemy tells us about we're going to be rejected or not accepted, well, the only way that would work is if someone could get us, take us out of Christ. But we can't be taken out. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 tells us that we are sealed in Christ. Ephesians 4.30 repeats that same point. We are sealed by the Spirit in Christ until the day of redemption. No one can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus is how Paul put it. Amen? So let's go to Luke 11. This is awesome. I so value uh, how Jesus lived in freedom. And when I see that freedom, Him living in freedom, I, you know, I think like, wow, that's how I can live. That's the Spirit in me. I can live that same way. And I am determined, folks, to live that way. How about you? Are you determined to live that way? Boy, uh, if not, I just I want to encourage you, receive these truths. The only reason you don't want to live that way or don't feel like you can is because there's a, there's a wall of fear that the enemy has built uh, with your consent between you and the freedom you have. Do you know you have the power to bust that wall down just with your, your own heart saying, no, I don't agree with that. I reject that. I said to go to Luke 11, and this is very interesting. In Luke verse 11, I mean chapter 11, I'm going to start in verse uh, 37. You know, Jesus was ministering. Picture this. He's ministering in a crowd of people. And while he's ministering, uh, this uh, Pharisee says to him, And as he spake, verse 37, 
a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. So let's get this picture. You know, let's say you're in a crowd of people, you know, people you don't really know, and they say, hey, would you come over for dinner? I'd like to have you over for dinner. And you say, sure. And then, well, let's go. I, I just live real close here and it's, it's dinner time. So why don't you just join me? And I'd say, sure. Yeah, let's go. That's awesome. Thank you. And so I go to their house and, uh, you know, the, you know, the whole dinner set up and everything. And, and so they say, yeah, let's eat. And uh, so I just go and sit down at the table. That's exactly what happened. I feel free enough because I've accepted the invitation that I can just go sit down at the table. So I go sit down at the table and listen to what happens. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that Jesus had not first washed his hands before dinner. Okay? You know, I don't know if he said anything, but the guy was like, wow, he didn't wash his hands. Can you see him? over however they did that, over at the little pot or the urn, and he's washing his hands, and he's, he's looking at Jesus like, wow, he sat down without even washing his hands, okay? Now, how many of us, come on, be honest, would feel uncomfortable in that moment when they realized, wow, I didn't wash my hands? And they'd get up and say, oh, excuse me, I forgot to wash my hands, and then get up and go, you know, wash their hands. Well, think about this. Jesus didn't do that. Listen to what Jesus did instead. It says, uh, And the Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of your cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Whoa! <laughs> Jesus said that. Now, do you think he's all stirred up and agitated and tense now? No. He's probably, I don't know if they had butter, but I can just picture him. He's like buttering his bread, you know, and, uh, you know, he takes a bite and he says, you know, uh, now you Pharisees, you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your in inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Do you think he's like lost his appetite? No, he's still eating but he's saying this in peace. Wow, what a contrast from Peter. You know, Peter was so afraid that of what those people thought, he separated himself. How do you think he felt? He lost his appetite instantly. But listen to Jesus. He goes on. He doesn't just stop there and say like what we would say, oh, just kidding, you know. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? He said, you fools, did not he that made that which is without make also that which is within? But rather give alms of such things as you have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought to you have done and not leave the other undone. Would you please pass the gravy? <laughs> can, you, can you picture Jesus there? Yeah, could you pass the gravy? You know, while he's eating, he's ministering to them. He's at perfect peace. Why? Does he need those people to like him? 
for him to be at rest or at peace? Is he worried about, wow, I'm in, I'm in somebody's house, others, someone else's house, and I'm speaking the truth that could offend them? Oh, I better not do that. I should wait till I'm outside to tell him these things or, or take him aside. No. Wow, look at the freedom that Jesus had to speak the truth. For whose benefit? For his? No, not at all. See, they were feeding him but he was feeding them. Wow, that's awesome. Listen to this. Thanks, you know, they passed him the gravy and he's whatever. I don't know what he's eating. I'm just trying to illustrate that. And he says, Woe unto you Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and the greetings in the markets. Can I get some salt, please? <laughs> Can you just picture this? And then he says, Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are as graves which do not appear to men, and they walk over them and are not aware of them. Really, he's saying this at this. Could you go to somebody's house that invites you, a stranger that says, hey, wow, I've really enjoyed what you've said. Can you come over and, and have dinner with us? I'd like to continue the conversation. And then you sit down with them and you tell them this. Could, would you feel comfortable doing that? You know, uh, let's be honest, I would be very challenged if these things came to my heart, but because I know this, I, I recognize that, wow, this is what love really looks like. You know, Jesus said this. Jesus said, greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. Wow. So if we want to demonstrate love to someone, we'll lay down our own life. Do you know that if you lay down your own life, you're not going to be worried about what people think of you? No, you're not. You know why? Because you have a greater life than the one in the flesh. And when you, when you live after the life that we have in Christ, you're going to be living in freedom. You're going to be living in joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. That's what our God has provided for us. And then, let's, let's just read on for a minute. Notice, you know, uh, he's making all these statements, and then the others there at the same table say to Jesus, verse 45, Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, thou reproachest us also. See, they were, they were feeling reproached by what he was saying. And instead of Jesus saying, you know, oh, oh, uh, you know, I don't mean it that way. I'm just trying to share the truth with you so that you might be free. You know, I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings. No, listen to what he says. And uh, could you pass the pepper too? See, he's at perfect peace here. Why? Because he's never been taken into that snare. Why? Because he doesn't fear men. He's not afraid of man. Why? Because he's trusting in his Father. He's perfectly safe, even in a place that might be very tense. He's in a place of safety. A place of safety where he can eat in peace, but yet still tell the truth. Listen to what he says. 
He says, and he said, woe unto you also, you lawyers. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't notch it down a little bit or soften it. He says, woe unto you also, lawyers, for you laid men with burdens grievous to touch, oh, uh, grievous to be born, and you yourselves will not touch one of those burdens with your fingers. Woe unto you, for you build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly you do bear witness that you allow the deeds of your fathers, and they indeed killed them, but you build their sepulchers. Whoa! Wow, look at the contrast between the freedom that Jesus has, totally free from fear of what these men might be thinking of him, free enough to share with them a truth that will set them free. And yet he's at perfect peace. You know, he might have paused here to say, yeah, this, is, uh, this lamb is excellent. You know, who, who prepared it? It's really good. I love the rosemary with it. And, uh, you know, but what happened? He loved these men more than he loved the, the, the respect of them. You know what I mean? Listen to this. Go with me to John chapter 5. This is powerful. And this, this verse is why I am sharing this uh, in this format of uh, Healing Journeys today. Do you know that the Bible says that all things are possible to the one that believes? Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believing you receive. So the enemy is always one us, always opposing us to try and get us in unbelief so that he knows that we won't be able to receive what God has already provided for us in Christ as long as we are in unbelief. So listen to this in John chapter 5. Uh, Jesus says in verse 41, he says, I receive not honor from men. Are you seeking honor from other men? You might say, no, no, I don't know. Are you seeking, are you seeking acceptance from other men? Are you modifying your behavior to be palatable by others? Are you, are you uh, careful uh, when you're in a group of people how you talk about the Lord Jesus? Okay? Are you are you concerned about what they might be thinking uh, because you've made a decision just to believe God for your healing? And so you don't, you don't talk about it. You don't bring it up. You just say, well, I just trust God. Okay? Think about this. Notice what it says here. Uh, uh, verse 43, he says, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. He said, if another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which, which, uh, how can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Wow. I remember reading that years ago and man, was I convicted in my heart. I the Lord wasn't condemning me. He was opening my eyes to see that 
The reason I've struggled with believing was because of the fear of man. And that fear of man had brought me into a snare. And that snare was hindering me from being able to believe with all my heart. It divided my heart. Do you know that, that like James said, a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. It says that they are not able to receive what God has provided for them in Christ because of that instability. What is that instability? Anything that divides your mind from being steadfast on God's truth alone is a place of unbelief. And that unbelief is a counter to your belief. It divides your heart and therefore it makes it difficult for you to be steadfast on the promise that by his stripes you were healed or by his, uh, you know, that we uh, supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, every promise that is available to us because we're in Christ and we receive that promise through faith, we're hindered from receiving that because we have this division in our heart. It's like, yeah, I want it. No, I don't. Yeah, I want it. No, I don't. And it's impossible for the Spirit to release because our heart isn't at peace or rest, like we see Jesus here in Luke 11. He's completely at peace. He doesn't feel uncomfortable sitting there. Why? Because he knows that if they'll receive this truth, it will set them free. Listen to what he says here in, in, uh, as we go on down in John chapter 5. He says, don't think that I will, I'm in verse 45. He says, don't think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. See, they were saying they trusted in Moses, but how were they trusting in Moses? They were trusting that if they kept that law, then they would have favor with God. But that, that pulled them into a snare. Do you know that it says that uh, when you put your trust in the Lord, you'll be safe? Not if you put your trust in Moses. Do you know the same Bible they were studying out of said this also included Proverbs 29, 25? That, you know, uh, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in Jehovah, the Lord, will be safe. See, this, see, they didn't bother to put that verse together with the law of Moses. It was like, oh, you know, that's just Solomon writing. No, it was still the same Spirit of God. And had they put their trust in the Lord, their eyes would have been opened to see what Jesus says here. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Do you see the point he's making? He's saying, if we are seeking honor among men, acceptance, you know, if we're afraid of being rejected, and we're modifying what we think, how we act, how we live, how we move, uh, then that's going to hinder us from believing. Believing what? Well, Jesus goes on to say they weren't believing in him because they had this fear of rejection, this fear and this desire to have honor among men, to be accepted by others. And what was it stopping them from doing? Believing the word. Do you want that in your life? 
You know, it's the word of God that says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He didn't send a preacher that looks really nice and has beautiful, eloquent speech. No, he sent the word. Now, that same preacher might be preaching that word, but I'm saying it's not the package that it's presenting it. It's the content in the word uh, that is truth. It is spirit. It is life. And if we're allowing the fear of man to hinder us, then we're not going to be able to receive the word. It's the word that says, by his stripes you were healed. But if you're worried about what other people are thinking of you, if you're feeling like, gosh, I need to perform to get my healing, that's, a, that's fear of rejection. That's fear of being rejected by God. That's fear of not being accepted by God, that his word really isn't true. But you know, when you do believe that word, do you know what happens? You have confidence and you feel safe. When you read the other scriptures that say, by his stripes, you were healed. And in your heart, you're saying, yes, I am. And there's no division there. You're not thinking about what will other people think, like we talked about last week. Many people have uh, go to the doctor for procedures because they're driven there by the fear of what other people would think. Like, well, what would someone think if I, if I didn't take, they would think I'm irresponsible, you know? Okay, think about me for a minute. I don't know if you've watched my testimony, but I just want to encourage you that, you know, I was humbled uh, very much so because I had the fear of man. You know, the Bible says that um, if we exalt ourselves, let's just read that. Uh, go to Romans. I believe it's in chapter 8. If it's not, we'll look somewhere else. <laughs> and we'll find it because it came to my mind and I want to read it. And it says, um, no, it's not in Romans 8. Where is that? Did I write that down? Oh, boy, where is that? I don't know if I wrote it down, but it just came to my mind. Father, where is that? That it says that... Um, You know, I don't know where that is. It's not coming to my mind. But anyway, the point I was going to make is that, that um, you can't please God and man at the same time. It, it's, it's impossible. You're either, you're either serving God or you're, you're serving man. You know, uh, here's another. It's worded differently, and it's not the one I'm thinking of, but it's making the exact same point. In Galatians chapter 1, listen to what Paul said uh, in verse 10. He says, For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. In other words, Paul is pointing out that if we're seeking uh, to please men, how are we ever going to be able to yield to Christ? You know, and that's the point. You know, we're we're out of time today, so I'll wrap it up here, and uh, I'll pick it I'll pick it up next week, and uh, we'll go over some of these beautiful verses on on the safety that we have and why we can trust God and and be free from this fear of man. It'll be a blessing to all of us.
But I want to think about this for a moment. Uh, in John chapter 5 that we read where, where Jesus said, uh, you know, uh, how can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Think about that for just a moment. And my heart is, I don't want any of you to be hindered in believing the truth to be set free. And the snare that the enemy has placed in our life uh, is this fear of man. And it's the snare is keeping us, it's holding us back from embracing the deliverance that God has worked for us in Christ. You know, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, when I was very sick, you know, uh, how humbling is it uh, that, that, you know, in my heart, whenever you're exalting man above God, you're setting yourself up for what? Being abased. You're, you're setting yourself up for being put down. And uh, think about this for a moment. You know, I was so humbled, I had to buy a bra and cut one side out and wear that bra to hold that tumor up because it was so heavy and it was just like, like all the nerves connected to it was just pulling and very painful uh, on my chest. And uh, so how humiliating that was. Now, that never had to happen, but it was the fear of man that brought that snare into my life. Now, God wasn't the one humbling me. When we value what men think over what God thinks, we're pos positioning ourselves for being abased. You know, the Bible says, you know, he who exalts himself will be abased, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, that's in, I just remembered, I think it's in Matthew chapter 23. And let's get there. I could be wrong again. I think I am. Yes. Oh, no, it is. Matthew 23, verse 12 is the verse I wanted to read. And it says this. Um, wow, this is good. But anyway, it says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And that's what the enemy is trying to do to you by getting you into fear. That's the snare. This is the end result that you will be abased because you're exalting man above God and you're setting yourself up for that ultimate rejection of man because you're looking to man to be accepted. And there's not acceptance in men, not at all. And so anyway, I'm going to wrap it up there for for us today. And I do, I thank you very much for joining with me today and God bless you. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, and by his stripes, we are healed. God bless you.